welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Howdy. Welcome to this meeting of Sexholics Anonymous. My name is Jim, and I'm a great recovering sexholic from Las Vegas. I'll be your facilitator for this session. My name is Greg, and I'm a sexaholic, and uh, I'm glad to be here. The name of this meeting is Living in the Now. Please take a moment to silence all electronic devices. If you need to use anything like your cell phone during this meeting, please take it outside. We ask that you not make any personal recording of this meeting. This meeting is being recorded, uh, and the recording will be available from Lee's tapes. Can everybody please join me for a moment in silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. In the spirit of carrying the essay message, this meeting is being broadcast live, and this meeting is also being recorded. If you're not sure your share will be appropriate or on topic, please participate by listening. The broadcast and recording equipment will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, please speak directly into the microphone so that the listener can follow you. If you wish not to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. We'll start this meeting by uh, uh, Greg and I will each share a couple of minutes on our experience, strength, and hope uh, on the topic, and then we'll open it up for general share uh, from everybody in the room. So, again, my name is Jim, and I'm a great recovering sexaholic. This topic uh, is uh, living in the now, uh, and then there's a longer version of the topic that's called techniques for living one day at a time. And in that, uh, the, uh, the explanation from the program chair talked about uh, using techniques such as uh, morning prayer and meditation and evening reflection uh, every day to, to try to keep you in the here and now. And so I'd like to sort of focus my share in, in my experience of where I came from, which was never being in the here and now, to where I am, which is at least occasionally understanding when I'm not in the here and now. So uh, I, I've been a program for a little over a dozen years, and um, I quickly realized that one of the main things that, uh, that I did was I was never in the present. I remembered this from a long time uh, because things like criticism from my wife would be when we were talking, she would accuse me of being somewhere else while we were speaking. She would say that my eyes would shift when all of a sudden I would tune out and then I would no longer be present. 
and then I would make up a whole variety of excuses, things like, oh, well, I used to live in Europe, and in Europe they focus on one eye or the other, you know, and, and that's, uh, it's just different over there, which is just a bunch of hooey. Uh, just another one of those many, many lies that I tell because I need to make an excuse for the way I am. Um, but when I came in program and started working the steps, I had to be, in the second step, I was going to be returned to sanity. But I had no idea what that was like because I've been a sexaholic since I was about five years old. So how would I know what being sane was like because I've always been insane? So it was very important for my sponsor and I to understand some parameters of what it was that was sane. And for me, being sane was being present. That sane people were present in the now. They were aware of their surroundings and they acted uh, in accordance with the people and the surroundings around them. Unlike me, who lived in my head and I acted in accordance with the way that my head wanted to act, independent of the, the world that was around me. So that became one of the uh, cornerstones of my recovery, was trying to form new habits of acting like a sane person would act, trying to be present every day, living in the now. Um, so, when I set that as a goal, how, do, how was I able to do that? As the, uh, the reading uh, talks about uh, for this meeting, one of the things that, that I was able to do was I was very fortunate in that my wife also joined Essanon at the same time I joined SA. And... Um, they had a very good reader, a daily reader, and unlike SA, we didn't have a reader at that time. And, and theirs was very good. And so every morning, we would actually read from uh, Courage to Change. Uh, and uh, that became uh, something that we would do together. And it taught me to um, read a passage and to think about it and apply it to my life. It taught me to listen to my wife as she talked about the passage. So I had to actually listen to her. And then I had to understand what she was saying and then try to uh, synthesize that into my life. And that was all very new to me. Um, so all of these kinds of habits and starting a day like that every day got me going uh, in in terms of doing something at the beginning of every day that would be focused on that particular day and being present in that day. Um, also, like many other things that I had to surrender, I have to surrender my inability to stay present. When I find myself tuning out, when I find myself with the desire in the morning or throughout the day, to, to need to tune out, um, I have to surrender that. So I would learn that there's many things that I have to surrender, and my inability to control how I, how I think is one of those things. 
because I often don't even understand or know when I tune out. So when other people or my wife, my sponsor would tell me that I'm tuning out, then I have to take a step back and I have to pray for not just the willingness, but the uh, I have to surrender uh, my inability to uh, to stay present. And my higher power miraculously provides me with at least some relief from that, and then I'm able to uh, to stay more present. And then through the rest of the day, when I do that, and then at the end of the day, when I look back and reflect upon my day, which, again, formed a new habit for me, because I would never do that. Uh, the end of my day usually consisted of some sort of acting out behavior. Um, but now I had to have a new habit, and that new habit was, again, connecting with my wife, connecting in a way that reflected on our day, where I would again listen and try to learn a new habit and then actually think about what happened during the day in a reflecting kind of a way. So again, not necessarily being present in the moment, but recalling the day and understanding when I wasn't present. And then what, how can I act differently uh, as, I, uh, as I go forward? One of the key things for me in my recovery has been action. Taking, doing things that I, I have to act differently. I can't expect to act the way I acted for 45 years and then expect to somehow be changed. I have to act differently. I have to act differently in recovery. And that means new habits. And so, for me, praying for the willingness to, to be different and to act differently was very important. So, uh, so for me, those daily routines forming new habits uh, were very important for that, very critical for that. So thank you for letting me share. So uh, my, uh, I, I, my name is Greg again, and I'm a sexaholic. And I'd also like to say that I'm an alcoholic. I've been in uh, AA since June 29th of 1976 and, and sober since that time. But uh, I found that uh, a little over two years ago, my sobriety was being threatened because I was, I was uh, addicted to lust. And I entered the rooms of Sexaholics Anonymous on June 29th, uh, I'm sorry, October 29th of uh, 2015. And um, uh, this not being in the now was basically the essence of my addiction. Because being in the now or experiencing what was going on at the moment was so painful to me that I felt like I had to escape it. And when I was um, when I was young, I grew up in an atmosphere of alcoholism, addiction, and really unpredictable behavior at home. When I walked home from school and I got to the front door, I did not know what I was going to find inside, you know, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. I, I won't go into detail, but... Um, and uh, the first thing I discovered was was sex with self. And then shortly after that, I discovered alcohol and drugs. And those things allowed me to take whatever was happening now and to just push it aside. And I realized after I came into AA that I didn't want to get drunk. I just couldn't stand being sober. 
Um, and likewise, with uh, with my addiction to lust, I couldn't stand, you know, the feelings that were going on inside me. And that was, you know, I I I wouldn't drink it anymore. And then I just that got worse and worse to the point where it just got out of control. And I felt like I had no choice, but I I really had to come in to essay. So um, uh, so the the things that that haunted me. Before I, right before I came into SA, were uh, just reliving the shame of of my past behavior. Some of it like yesterday, you know, and uh, uh, and I would try and re- alleviate the shame and the guilt that I had uh, with that. And uh, or if I had resentments, uh, you know, resentments are are uh, are poison to alcoholics, and they are to us as well, to SA uh, uh, sex addicts. Um, or fears about the future, um, and so um, uh, and when I came in uh, to SA, you know, I, I just I just I lived moment by moment, but you know, I, I kept I was so fearful about you know going back out because I thought that this might be the only chance that I have to to get sober because uh, um, you know it may be may be hard to, to come back, and so. Um, um, and so, uh, what I learned in in an uh, AA and also an SA was to try and um, not worry about the the past and and not pred- uh, predict or try to worry about the future, and to try and stay right now. And my one of my sponsors said he used uh, analogies a lot, and he said, when I come into a dark room and I turn on the light, where does the light go? And he told me, I didn't know what he was getting at, and he told me the answer is that the light pushes away the darkness. It gets replaced by something. And the darkness in your life has to be displaced by something else. And so the things that he taught me to do were to practice prayer to displace it, to uh, to practice service to others, um, to have a gratitude list. And even though I had made it before, make it again, just because that would keep my mind preoccupied on where I was right now. Um, if I was, uh, one of the things I learned is, uh, you know, I'd be at the mall with my wife, and my <laughs> the wall was the, the mall was a place to to stare at women. And you know, as someone mentioned in their previous meeting, sometimes I'd actually walk down a particular aisle in the store so that I would get another look. And uh, and what I started to do was when I when I start to feel like that's happening, I grab my wife's hand, you know, not suddenly, but just you know, this is the one I choose. That's what I say to myself, and uh, and we just go off another direction, and that's really helpful. Um, I was in uh, graduate school, and uh, I had, I was my my fellow students were really. Uh, well, they weren't they weren't fun people to be around with. They gossiped a lot. They uh, they practiced character assassination. Uh, I saw people come into the lounge that they had been talking about, and they would throw their arms around him and act like he was you know a long lost friend. And uh, and I knew that they were doing this about me. And I just obsessed about it. I worried about it. I wanted these people to like me, and so much that it kept me from sleeping. And uh, 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 it was causing me great amounts of distress, and I started going to a therapist. And my therapy sessions just ended up being 
you know, recapitulation of what they thought and what they did. And, and uh, I found there was a, in town, there was a, a juvenile prison um, that needed uh, volunteers. And so I started going to the juvenile prison and thinking about what I could do for those kids. And when I walked out of that prison, I felt like, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid to worry about what these people think of me. And I walked back to my therapist's office. I shook her hand. I thanked her for listening to me. And I never went back. And I didn't worry about what those folks said to me anymore because my mind was focused outside of myself. And um, and I started doing that every week. And it was the best thing I ever could have done. So um, anyway, um, uh, thank you for, for listening to me. And I guess we'll open it up for sharing. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Got a reading here before we start to share. So here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. If you would like to share, please come up uh, to the meeting and make a line or sit by sitting in one of these chairs uh, here in the front. In sharing, we ask that members with five years or more sobriety share first. So those of you with five years or more, come on up, and then we'll open it up to everybody after that. When it is your turn to share, please speak clearly so that everyone can hear you. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing. How to apply the 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another is getting inappropriately explicit or is focusing excessively on the problem rather than on the solution, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please keep them, please remember that anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. Please do not share any felony for which you have not been adjudicated, else we will be required to inform law officials to protect the injured. Please be mindful of what you share to, to not break our own or another member's anonymity. The meeting is now open for sharing. Please come forward and uh, all right. Everybody, my name is Jim D, and I'm a grateful recovering sectaholic, sober since September 1st, 1996. Thanks, fellas, for sharing that. I really tapped into uh, holding my hands wife or holding my wife's hand um, so just anything to get me out of the moment one of the joys I found in getting outside of myself as I progress through the steps with my sponsor is when you get when I've gotten to that service level and we're coming to this convention I haven't been feeling great today so my wife is here and she's like, you sure you want to go? I'm like, I know I need to because I'll forget about all the other stuff. And that's, that's what's happened. Um, and doing the service work, same thing. So um, I really love that this list that the folks who are listening in can't necessarily see, but that the list of why should I persist and get through this moment is longer than what prevents me from living in the now. You know, the benefits of just, you know, aside from my just kind of this pain that I've had, that's a you know little thing, but just being able to back in my hometown, go out for a walk, and notice 
oh, that leaf is orange. I mean, it sounds like a little thing for me when I first, like, but those are the now moments that really help me and I build upon those. You know, it could be music. Just listening to the music. Like, I used to be one of these people that walked around with the earbuds in and walk around town and risked, you know, someone going through a driveway and running me over. Um, but now I just listen to music for no other reason just to listen to music. You know, I'm as a person who likes to accomplish things, I want to get it all done. Uh, but being in the now for me means just one thing at a time. I mean, we always hear about one day at a time, but for me it's also just one thing at a time. I don't need to, you know, accomplish everything. So it's, it's really great to hear, uh, you know, your story, um, stories. And uh, thanks so much for everyone for being here. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. This way. I thought this was because of the anonymity here. Um, <laughs> yeah, like put a black bar over my eyes or something. Um, I don't really want to share, so I have to. So, uh, yeah, I have to remember that for me. Um, Todd, sexaholic, sorry. Hey, thank Hi, you. Todd. Um, I, I was reading the, this last line, holding my spouses, and I thought that was my sponsors at first. To make another joke, um, I, I can imagine walking in the mall holding my sponsor's hand, but I, I can do things other than that by literally making a phone call, reaching out to him, uh, texting him uh, throughout the day. I'm from San Diego, and so I'm having to make those long-distance phone calls to reach out. And I, and I drove out here, too, so I could have those long conversations on the phone. Um, but also, uh, I remember a previous sponsor one time caught me in the middle of talking with him, and he literally asked me, where are you? Where are you at right now? And and I was off fantasizing about, you know, retail therapy or something like that. And and uh, he really just managed to bring me back in. And I really appreciated that. And a prior spouse of mine also noticed the same thing. Um, you know, you have trouble focusing on, on me one-on-one -on -one in crowded situations. And that made me look into my own ADD and ADHD. So... Um, I also struggle in social situations as I have a lot of social anxiety. But I notice when I sit down and I'm in conversation with people in program, I'm able to let all of that go and just focus on the conversation and be there and then right then. And and you talk about going to malls and stuff like that. I'm kind of glad I'm divorced. I don't have to do all that stuff anymore But because uh, there can be very triggering for me. But I can go anywhere in the name of the program, in the name of service, 
And when I want to reach out to others and be in contact with others, I find that that social anxiety goes away from me and the fear of the future, the fear of being judged goes away. Uh, thank God. Um, but yeah, as far as staying in the moment, that, that's a struggle for me. Uh, you know, 45 years old and it's like fear of the future where single, <laughs> all those fears. But, uh, if I stay in the moment, I can stay sober right now. I don't have to worry about all those things in the future. And I'll tell you, coming out here, God has worked miracles in my life. And staying sober, I see that happen more and more. Uh, that mustard seed of faith. So I have to trust in my higher power. Trust in my higher power alleviates fear of the future. And one last joke Sponsor reminded me if I put one foot in the future and one foot in the past, I'm pissing all over today. So um, I'm just grateful for today. And that gratitude list is very important also. I call somebody usually once a day. We wrap up our conversation with what I'm grateful for. So I'm very grateful for this meeting and thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm Zach. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you to our moderator speakers. Um, it was helpful for me. I, I saw this on the list and I said, I gotta get here. You know, this is, uh, living in the moment is something I'm trying to work on day at a time. And something that was, uh, really great to see here was the, uh, idea of dealing with shame. That one of the reasons I'm not in the moment is because I'm, I'm running in shame and, uh, I feel, I know that that's what I'm struggling with today and for the last while I know I was, uh, I've had a difficult relationship with my immediate family, my mother and sister, and I was busy. I struggle with getting my uh, to produce papers and whatnot. I'm in graduate school, and I end up being very like super self-focused, and I can't. Uh, my mother, who it's like my mother and sister have their own problems, but I'm saying, and a lot of them, but uh, you know, with codependency and whatnot. But uh, my part in this is that uh, I am um, I. I'm not present, quote-unquote, that's what they tell me, and then I just run into tons and tons of shame, you know? And it's just like, I think that, like, I'm never going to be able to be present, I'm never going to be able to, I'm always going to be a jerk, and I uh, I have a, and I know that my mother, they, they get very emotional about it, so I read that as, like, I'm really terrible. And uh, I even just sit here, and it's like, I know that's not the solution. Like, God wants me to, he doesn't want me to uh, be focusing on that shame, like he wants me to do something constructive about it, and I'm just like, I can tell I'm very much caught up in it, and uh, I was also experiencing, I appreciate the previous share, that I noticed that I was getting some social anxiety at the convention, but I realized some of that is just because I'm walking around with so much shame, usually I'm like pretty okay with myself, and so, uh, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot in this program, and I know there's, you know, other specific things to do, so I'm just, I, I, I'm glad that there's a solution, and I think... God wants me to respect myself, and I'm very grateful to, like they say, people have gotten through this, you know, we don't talk as much because I've seen people get through addiction, and I've seen people get through crazy character defects, and this next one is, uh, it's, it, you know, I can think of that idea, I like very much, you said, uh, you know, you open up a light in the door and it pushes out the dark, just got to keep taking those actions, the actions, whether that's prayer or something, or just keep talking about stuff till I, for me, for me, I have to surrender that 
uh, shame until it goes away, until I can get some answer about it. I don't need to sit in it, even if I don't know exactly what I need to do to be... I don't want to be codependent and start kissing my family's feet just all the time, because that's not healthy either. But if someone's going to eventually help me learn how to do it in the middle, and I'm going to, you know, if I, put, if I keep asking God to help me put recovery first, I'm going to be better. So I want to try to work on that this weekend, but thank you guys for being here. Thanks for letting me share. I'm also a sexaholic. Um, I, I really, I really, really like the topic of this meeting. For me, it's it's a very, very important point. Um, and in, in general, my addiction probably stems from not being present. I've always uh, identified my addiction as just escape from the presence, from the from being present. Um, starts off with isolating, and then as a way of escaping, and then just acting out. Um, but for me, even now, after being in program, I'm able to maybe step away from escaping in that way. But there's all these other things that go on um, that I can notice is a, now is still me trying to escape from being present. Um, and of course, like it says in the paper, for me it's shame, fear like ego-driven fear and ego-driven shame and somehow they all mix together. Um, I notice if I'm, if I'm, the words are in my mind, numbing and distracting. If I'm trying to numb myself out with something else or distracting from what I need to do, that's already, that's already, that's already a sign for me. I'm sitting down to do my work and instead I'm finding myself reading the news or surfing something else. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm something, there's probably fear there. Um, another, another thing that hits me is if I'm trying to do too much, like uh, so the share mentioned before, one thing at a time. If I'm trying to do too much, that means it's too much. I'm bringing, I'm, I'm, I call myself almost addicted to chaos. If I'm bringing in all that into my life, that means something's, something that's going on is, is bothering me and I'm trying to get away from it by bringing in more. Um, and the, and the last thing that that often happens is I call it, I, I just I got a new word for it. So I'm 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 a compulsive calculator. I want to get away from what's going on and constantly calculate how I'm going to take care of everything else to get to whatever point I I decide I got to get to. Um, it's it has to do with control and ego. But when I see my brain starting to work too fast, that's the same point. I'm trying to get away from what's going on now because I I can't handle it. And I can't do it on my own. These are just signals to me that something's wrong, and I got to give it up. And I have to go back to my program. And I got to go back to my prayer and give it up. Thank you very much. All right. So I didn't want to share either, so that tells me I need to share. Those that know me, I'm not a great big share, but uh <laughs> anyway. So my name's Matt. I'm a sexaholic. Um been sober, I don't know, about a year or so. I'm I'm not I'm one of the rarities. I don't keep dates. It messes me up. So living in the moment is a big deal for me. It's huge. Um 
and I had a problem with that, you know, people uh, around me that were trying to help me. Oh, you're not present. You're not present. Okay, what does that mean? You know, so I struggled with that for a while, and I got to stay in the moment. I got to stay in the moment. And for me, my life has been everything centered around fear, right? Or I'm the center of it, and just fear. Everything's about fear. And I make up that a lot of people in SA have issues with fear, but that's just what I make up in my head. But for me, that's the biggest thing. Is it's, it's all about fear. Well, where does fear come from? Fear, I've learned in my experiences, fear is from the future, right? Whatever fear you have, the only way you're the, the only way I'm getting fear or feeling fear is because of something that is going to happen, or that I make up in my head that's going to happen. I say that a lot because that's how I get make sense of it. So I used to lay in bed at night. And try to fall asleep and blah, blah, all these things. Okay, well, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and I gotta do this, and I gotta do that, and I gotta make sure I take care of this tomorrow. Nah, 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 nah. Well, a lot of that's anxiety, you know, and all that stuff for me. And then, um, throughout my, uh, when my sex addiction became discovered and my whole life blew up and all of that stuff, that's when I really learned what being in the moment was. And that's when I, it, it all kind of came together for me. At once, being in the moment and then surrender. So, laying in bed, well, what if this, what if that, and then, oh my God, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose that, and I don't know, what if this, what if that, you know, all night long, and that was just fear. What if the Starship Enterprise lands in my backyard? I, whatever. But, and what I learned was there's nothing to be scared of right then and there. I was in my bed, I was under the covers, I was warm, I was comfortable, I was in the house. I'm in my bed. At that moment, there was nothing to be scared of, nothing for me to be afraid of. And that's how, and I'm like, oh, well, that's true. So whatever, whenever that starship lands or whatever issue I have to face happens, it's not right now. Like right now, I'm standing in front of you and all these other things that I may have to deal with in the future, I don't know, they're not happening right now. So I'm safe and... It's okay. That's how I came to the moment for me, and that's been my experience. And the other thing was once I really got that is when I was able to, in my my experience, truly surrender to it. And when that happened, I was able to just release things and, okay, so if it lands wherever it lands, it, it's not happening right now. So that helped me a lot. So, And thanks for the topic, Greg. That was great. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mima. I'm a sexaholic. And, uh, yeah, when I got into the program last year, um, really when I started hearing people about talking about just for today, um, one step at a time, I thought I had nothing better to say. Um, and I thought that was the way of just uh, saying, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and um, I had a problem with it because I was so clever. I always knew what to say. I always knew what I would say. The other person would say this, and then I'm going to do that way. And then when they will re reply to what I will say, then I will respond in this way and in that way. And I sort of knew what I thought of somebody even before they said anything too much. And I could find myself imagining a whole conversation with somebody and even resenting them in advance. Um, 
so that's uh, that's something about living in the future or living in the, living in the past, which is just I think I was just also addicted to the high of it, addicted to thinking I would know what would happen, and I still am. Uh, I'm still thinking what's going to be, and not even worrying, almost certain of that I know. And uh, yeah, I just um, it's also an active addiction. It was the same thing um, before I got sober. Um, it was just getting more excited about what would happen than when it would happen. And um, yeah, I'm just that's I think that's part of being addicted to the intrigue, addicted to the intrigue of the addiction, to the intrigue of life, to the intrigue of my mind. So uh, I'm not I'm not yet not living in the present. Uh, I'm not yet living in the present. I am still not living in the present. But uh, yeah, thank you. Mike, sexaholic. Been sober since uh, June 6, 2016. The, the biggest uh, tool that I've used and the biggest thing that has helped in this last 18 months has been the daily practice of 10 and 11. 10 in the big book is very little about making amends. Making amends is about conscious contact and furthering that conscious contact with God. And then 11 is the practice of that. It talks about in, in step 10, about every day is a day when I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities. How can I best serve thee? Um, constant thought of others. That's a high, high um, achievement. That's a high spiritual goal for me. But if I'm doing the practice on a daily basis, I become more and more aware of my, I think you talked about it, Jim, I think you talked about the insanity. You know, I'm not used to sanity. I'm not used to peace and quiet or being in the here and now. So the practice of 10 and 11 as it's written in the big book has allowed me to, to slow down, to be more calm, and to really appreciate that which God has given me through the practice of these spiritual tools and Sexaholics Anonymous. Um, so thanks uh, for leading them. Name is Charlie, and I'm a sexaholic. <laughs> I'm from El Paso, Texas, and I've been sober since January 1st, uh, 2017. And um, <clears throat> I've never been good at... Uh, I'm an expert at living in the past and living in the future. I'm a, I'm a pro at it because I practiced it really in-depthly with my whole life. And um, there was a guy, his name was Pistol Pete, and he was a phenomenal dribbler because every day he just practiced. Uh, balance that basketball every single day. Pistol Pete, basketball player, was one of the best dribblers uh, ever. And um, it's because he practiced it every day. That's how he became such a good dribbler. And I practiced living in the past and living in the future every day of my life. And even up to uh, many years in this program, I've been in S-Stations in 1990, and I became a professional 
uh, living in the past, living in the future dude. I became really good at it because that's what I practiced doing. So my sponsor many years ago, uh, his name is Bill R. He passed away. <clears throat> and he always told me that, you know, there's a lot of nuggets in the program and there's some really practical things that you can implement in your life, just little tiny things that you can do that will help you not live in the past and not live in the future. And then every time I lived in my life, I always frantically plan my future. And he told me, why don't you peacefully plan the future? So I did that, and now I, put, I did it in college, but I forgot about that tool. You know, in college I had a planner, and I had my whole week peacefully planned. I didn't have to worry about that day because I knew which class I was going to go to, what I was going to study, when I was going to go to lunch, and I wasn't worried about it. I even had my study for scheduling, went, went to study, and I, and never in my life have I ever gotten really good grades until then. You know, I missed like two-tenths of a point for uh, summa cum laude, and I graduated magnum cum laude because of that. And I go, hmm, why don't I apply that in my life now? So now that I'm taking care of my parents, you know, I got, you can imagine balancing all their doctor's appointments and everything. So now I'm thinking, why don't I apply what my sponsor told me many years ago? So now I am peacefully planning the future. So now I don't have to worry about that day because it's already taken care of and I surrender it to God. Now I'm just going to live today, you know. Uh, I woke up this morning and I surrendered my parents to God because they're in El Paso and I'm not there taking care of them. So I'm not worried about my parents today because I surrendered them to God. So my sponsor was telling me, if you're worried about the future, surrender it to God. Working at step three is really important because am I willing to give God everything? Am I willing to give God everything? My job, my economic future, my health, my parents, this day, whatever, I got to surrender it to God. And I learned that I live in the past I cannot forgive myself or I cannot forgive every, everybody. So I am learning today that, man, the sooner that I can live in the now, the sooner I can have forgiveness of everything in the past. That's all I got. Thanks. My name is Paul. I'm a recovering sex addict. I didn't want to do this too, but um, uh, I think it's so important. I think in the blue book it says somewhere in there. And I remember when my sponsor said, you need to read the blue book. Um, one of the things was that we addicts or we alcoholics, it says seldom exist in the real world. And that's so true for me. I'm always uh, hysterical about the future or... Uh, my sponsor said historical about the past. And um, uh, in fact, when I was uh, thinking about coming up here and speaking, I wasn't listening uh, to you find people because I was thinking about what the heck would I say? And um, my brother used to say when I was younger that um, 
he'd just look at me and he'd go, drifting, drifting, drifting. <laughs> and, and it's still true. We still laugh about it. So I, I think it's important to laugh about it. Um, this week I was working on a big project I wanted to get done before I came here. And I made a bunch of mistakes because I'm sitting there going, well, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? And I would make a mistake. So I just wasn't living in the present, living in that moment. But I have found a couple things that do work for me that help me to live in the present. If I only do them, I think that's the second definition of insanity is we find something that works and we don't do it. Uh, so one of them is a meditation. The, I, someone in program taught me this contemplative prayer um, that really works for me. So um, I, and I can find that I can calm my mind. Right out of the bat, I calm my mind down to like you know, very, very calm. You know, 95% uh, of that noise that's always going on in my brain is gone. Uh, and it really works, and it's so simple. So it's called contemplative prayer. Uh, so if you look it up, there's a ton of stuff on it. Um, and then the other one is, um, uh, and uh, uh, I like to do yoga. And um, one of the benefits of doing yoga is uh, I have to leave my ego at the door because I go in there with all these 20-somethings. And um, I, I can't do a lot of the stuff that these 20s kids can do. So uh, my ego is at the door. And, uh, and then I also get to practice surrender, right, because of uh, these 20-somethings that are in yoga. But one of the things they, they talk about is um, balancing. So if, you, I, if I am in a yoga class and I, I balance, if I'm going to stay balanced and I'm not going to fall over and knock all these people over, I have to stay present in my mind. So a lot of times during the day, sometimes during the day, I will um, just try and balance. Uh, and, and then I have to stay present and think about um, um, staying balanced because if I'm sitting here going, oh gosh, what if I fall over and all these people laugh at me, I can't balance. But if I focus on my balance, and, and stay balanced, then I'm present, and it helps. It's it's like everything else in in program. I have to practice it to get better. So, thank you. Thanks, Paul. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Ray. I'm a sexaholic. Oh boy. Um, one thing about our disease that I found out, uh, it's got a lot of side effects. And one of the side effects that I realized being in SA is loss. I know that I've lost time, I've lost love, and I've lost connection. And because of that, I mean, you also lose individuals uh, in this disease, which we have. And it makes me wonder, it makes me realize that uh, with this, a, there is a remedy, which is living in the moment. Because living in the moment cures my loss of time because I'm here now. I see everyone's faces that I can. I'm, I'm hearing what they're saying. I, I can be outside and breathe the air that I, that I breathe and know it's a glorious day and look up at the sun that, hey, there you are. 
uh, I've gained love. Uh, I'm slowly, can't say surely because I can always screw that up, gaining the love of my family back to where uh, they can count on me. Um, and the connection, I've always been to myself because uh, I was afraid to do something wrong, say something wrong, uh, rub somebody the wrong way, because I can easily do that, easily, <laughs> without even thinking, oh my goodness, the stories I can tell you. Um, and connecting now with SA, I can connect with individuals who are as sick as I am, and know that uh, there's no judgment there. So this disease does have that huge side effect, which I call loss. And I'm tired of losing. Tired, sick and tired of losing. I don't want to lose anymore. So when, when I read the caption about living in the moment, it snaps me back into reality. Reality knowing that it's not about me, it's about my world around me. It can't be just about me. Because if I make it about me, then I'm by myself. I'm alone in the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of what I can do in the dark. And and that's what just terrifies me. So yeah, I, I appreciate this topic. I appreciate uh, everyone's shares. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Ray. Got time for one or two more. Somebody that really doesn't want to share. Come on up. There we are. I'm Sam. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Sam. Yeah, I got about 40 days of sobriety right now. And I really do not want to share. Um, Welcome. Thanks. Um, I get very fearful um, when I have to stand in front of people and share, especially if there's a microphone and a camera pointing at me. <laughs> I can't really tell if it's on, though. It's off. It's off, okay. You got, I wasn't here for the first five minutes. <laughs> Maybe you guys told everybody that it was off. I didn't hear that. Anyway, um, yeah. I haven't been living in the moment. Um, for the past two hours, two and a half hours, uh, they told us go shake hands, meet people, you know, this is my first convention. And I did that and I met a guy who was looking for people to later stand up in front of everybody and read, uh, just a little promise in another language. And I said, sure, why not? I'm happy to be of service. And, uh, Ever since I said, yeah, I, I got, like, I started getting anxious, 
and you know I've just been thinking about that the whole time like okay I need coffee uh, I quit smoking like 40 days ago too so <laughs> you know um, and I have to just read one line one of the promises the benefits of this program in a language that nobody understands and still uh, I get very fearful and and I just, I guess I need to surrender that, and I'm doing that by telling y'all. So, so clap later when, <laughs> when I read that line, all right? Thanks. Uh, I'm Mike, and I'm a sexaholic. It was four months yesterday. Um, thank you, all four of them. Four months. <laughs> uh, came here with a good batch from the Houston area. Um, I live in a suburb to the north. Got pretty involved in the World Series, you may have heard. The Astros won. And uh, my wife and I both became big fans. We'd gone through a couple of games at the, uh, the stadium for the ALCS, the precursor to the, the series. And then we watched with great interest. We became fans really quickly. We watched with great interest um, the World Series on TV. And I don't remember which game it was, but in the end of the first inning, the Astros were down 4 nothing, And uh, I just went through the roof. And I was cussing and waving my arms. And uh, it's the end of the first inning. And I was saying, that's it. We're screwed. Pitching's going to destroy us. I knew it was too good to be true. And they went on to win 12 to 11. You know, because I already had them losing, and I don't know why. I mean, nine more innings or eight more innings. They do have nine innings, right? Uh, actually, I think they played 13. It was about a five-hour game. But uh, that's, I don't regret the past so much. My Achilles heel is projecting. Um, when I look at the past, it's hard for me to, to dwell on it with any kind of remorse because God has really protected me from some ugly consequences that I should have had because of my behavior, but uh, um, and I think underneath all of it, and I don't know if anybody else is like this, but um, I've learned not to trust myself because I focused on the mistakes that I've made. And so almost every day, this running little burbling inside that I'm going to screw something up, and that's going to be it. You know, it's all going to be over. It was fun while it lasted, but we knew you would eventually disappoint. And you know, I've made my share of mistakes, and I've, I've lost a few things I really wanted to hold on to, but it's basically been pretty good. You know, I've done okay with some things that didn't have much to do with addiction, um, and why not find some success in this program? Um, and the, my point is that I think that if I'm doing the right thing, instead of thinking I'm not going to do the right thing, that things turn out pretty well, and, and I am. I'm involved. Um, life can change. I can prove to myself... The projection is meaningless, worthless, a waste of time. So that's all I have. Thanks. Hi, I'm Tim B. Sexolic. Grateful to be here today. I came in a little late, and so I thought the camera was on, so I wasn't going to stand either. So it's all good to hear that that's not on at the moment. So actually, I'm. One of the things that helps me stay present is actually sharing. Many times my brain always wants to be off in one, one place or the other. 
And when I'm in a meeting and I'm sharing with other people, it actually brings me present, brings me part of the group, makes me a part of the group. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to share. I'm grateful that I survived the plane flight here. I'm grateful that uh, everything worked out. Always invariably, uh, in conjunction with an international convention, something in my life has to coincide with it. In this case, a signing on a house that I was supposed to sign on today at a title company. So what I had him do is just send me a copy of it, and then I signed it over across the street and uh, got it all signed. Uh, my wife and I ran over there real quick and then came back to the convention. And so I'm much more at peace now than I was just a little while ago. But I'm grateful to God that he makes things like that possible. At first, I thought I was maybe going to have to cancel coming to the convention. I just said, nope, God, you help me figure out how to make this happen. And I'll, you know, thy will not mine be done, and it happens. And so the thing is, is what I've come to realize is that when I put myself in charge, <laughs> I start worrying about the past and the future. Everything's going to be catastrophic. Nothing's going to work. It's This is going to fail. The, the plane's going to crash. Everything's going to crash and burn. And the reason why I think that is because it always does when I'm trying to be in charge of it. Uh, when I let God be in charge, then everything just works out. And everything becomes much more pleasant. Rides on the bus, uh, rides in whatever, just going anywhere. Uh, I no longer fear, um, live in fear. I'm just grateful for the moment. And uh, that living in the present for me is just such an important part of life. And it's made success out of the dismal failure of my past is by just living in now. And I'm just really, really grateful for now uh, because... God knew I needed some help, and thankfully he led me to SA and a wonderful sponsor in the 12 Steps. And thanks to that, God's made a miracle happen in my life, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm Tim, sexaholic. Thanks, Tim. In closing, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Remember that we identify ourselves publicly with SA. We, we, sorry, we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. And I did put the lens cap on that camera in case anybody's worried. Uh, neither does anyone speak for AA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. The shares we have heard here were told in confidence. Please do not repeat what you have heard about another member to anyone who was not actually here at this meeting at the time that it was shared. Please, what we say here when we leave here, let it stay here. You're here. You're here. And why don't we close with the serenity prayer. like to thank you for listening to this episode of the daily reprieve the best source for experience strength and hope for sa members please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes please show your support by donating to the daily reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com 
and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.